0: Matt Hooks, you are known as a ladies' man. What's your best pickup line?
1: Well, I don't know if anybody knows me of that, but hands down, the best pickup line is, on a scale of one to America, how free are you tonight? (laughs)
0: Hello, and welcome to the Snowmass Extreme Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hartman, but I'm better known as Tigger. El Tigre, if you're speaking Spanish. This season, I spoke with E. Smith Award winners about life in Snowmass Village. When did you move to
1: Snowmass, and why? So, I moved to Snowmass, I think in uh, 2012 or 2013. I... uh... Graduated college this, I think the the winter before. And basically, what happened was I was working at a a little resort in old Pennsylvania called Ski Round Top. And I actually worked with Fireball and I worked with him for, I think, seven years. And then when he graduated college, he went to Snowmass. I was still at Caterpillar. And one day I was talking to him. I just had like this breakup. I was also just hating my job because I was working third shift and more or less just hating life. And I just randomly talked to him on messenger and he was just like, Hey man, you should, you should come out here and check this out. It's like good snow. You make money. It's got a good vibe. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wanted to go to Breck. I, uh, that's like trans, trans world was all about Breck. Snowboarder was all about Breck. Like all the cool magazines were about Breck. And I thought that would be where I'd fit in. But uh, after talking to Fireball for a little bit, I decided to quit my job. And that winter, I moved out to Snowmass.
0: That's awesome. Hey, how many years did you spend in Snowmass? and Why did you stay?
1: I was actually only going to be there a year. I thought I would kind of chase something else. I kicked around the idea of joining the Navy for a while, and I kind of still wanted to. I still think that would have been fun, too. But I guess I was looking for a challenge. And after like spending a, a full a full season in in snowmass, you kind of get stuck to it. I met a lot of cool people, and it's kind of really hard to find people like that. And you don't really want to give that up. So I came back, and again, I thought I would only stay that that winter, and but I just kept coming back. I think I was there ten years. I'm not sure though. I was trying to figure out the the other day, because there was during COVID, I wasn't there for one year or one season. And then I did one one summer season where I worked for the, the city of Aspen. Do you
0: have a favorite memory at Snowmass?
1: Oh man, that's that's a good question. All right. Well, the one that I'm thinking about right now, and I and I love this just for the reaction it got. We all went down the lineup, I think it was in like March or or February it was getting warm and we were at you know the fire pit and we're just sort of all huddling around you know just having conversation like we always do and I remember I was talking to Toby and Wade and I think Ray Ray and I was telling them like man the day I get fired you know I'm just gonna start my own ski school and I and I looked up you know, at the foothills behind it, the rim trail. And I'm like, I'm going to start my ski school up there. And then everybody started laughing and they're like, yeah, we should, we should put like a ski level one sign up there and then just send everybody up there. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be hilarious. And then we all kind of got quiet and we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, we should put a ski level one sign up at the top of the rim trail. And we should make it big enough that absolutely everybody can see us and 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 that sign and uh (laughs) what happened is me wade toby and ray ray got into i think ray's danger ranger and we drove down to the aspen thrift shop and we bought five white king size and queen size bed sheets it was whatever they had and uh we all piled in we sewed these things together And then we just started spray painting ski level one. And then that night, I think it was around like 4 p.m. We were finally getting back to Snowmass and we started hiking the Rim Trail. And we had this, you know, this bag with this in it. And I remember we were throwing it over a cliff and I had a broken clavicle. So I'm trying to hold on to this, this tree And help Ray Ray and Toby because they had, like, the task of, like, getting the bottom section down and, like, unobstructed. And then I remember the four of us were standing there. And it was kind of sketchy because it just snowed. We were standing there and we called Pete. And Pete answered the phone as he was coming out of uh, slow grooving. And he just started laughing. (laughs) We asked him if if he could see the sign, and he and he just couldn't speak for like, you know, like four minutes because he was just laughing too hard. Him and his brother went to uh, went to dinner. Finally, when he when he was able to get like a few words out, he said the left side was hanging a little lower than the right, so we fixed that. And then me, Toby, and Ray Ray were just laughing nonstop the whole way down. And then the best part was the next morning. I was walking in the locker room and I just see all these, the older skiers were just staring out the windows, right? Just like all of them were just kind of laughing. I remember looking at Squatty and Squatty had like a pair of binoculars. I don't know where he got them, but he just turns to me and starts chuckling. He's like, did you see this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's a ski level one sign on the room trail, just like with that deadpan stare. And I just, I lost it. Yeah, that that was one of my favorites. Also, that treasure map that we used we used to dig up the uh, Plaza and High Treasure Maps. That that was my other favorite.
0: What was that?
1: So we had we had this instructor, and uh, kind of had a reputation of being a bit of a space cadet, like just kind of losing focus. And Toby. <laughs> Toby said one day he was standing by the steps and this this instructor came up to him and just reaches down by Toby's knee and like starts to jiggle this rock. And Toby's just standing there looking at him like, what's he doing? And eventually this instructor looks up and he's like, oh man, I thought, I don't know. I thought maybe there would be something cool behind this rock, like a treasure map. And like Toby's like reciting it verbatim to us. And there's like six of us and we all just die. Like everybody's laughing hard. And uh, I I remember like, just being like, man, you know, what do you think he would have done if he had a treasure map? Like what if, what if he actually found a treasure map And uh, we we gotta stop what we're doing now. What we're gonna do from now on is we're we're gonna put a treasure map behind that brick and the forty other bricks that we ended up digging up. So like we went we went into the uh, the cafeteria or the treehouse cafeteria and we talked to some ladies and then we got some ski maps and then we drew this fake treasure map. And I think the original like X was on somewhere off slot. I think close to the Christmas tree over there. Obviously, there's there's nothing over there, but we pick that up, and then we immediately, like, get some butter knives, and we, everybody starts, like, pulling out their, their like, tools for their snowboard, and everybody's, like, helping me try to dig out this brick, and then me and Toby eventually get this brick out, and then we're like, oh, well, what do we do now? So, we put the map under it, and then Toby, like, pulls out, like, a dollar, and then throws some, like, change down there, and then I'm like, oh, well okay and then i pulled out like 73 cents and throw mine there and then like i don't know what happened but like i turn around and then every instructor is pulling out their wallet for no reason without us telling them And i just starts to like emptying change and in dollars into this brick and then we eventually sealed it up and like put some sand on it and jumped on it and left it there and just just hoping that you know the, the instructor would find it. But what ended up happening is we kept doing it. <laughs> every, every time we'd we'd find a loose brick, our instincts was to like pull it out and put money under it. It was kind of it's kind of weird. Like it's like beavers. Like beavers, as they hear running water, their instinct is to dam it up. But I guess like a bunch of broke snowboard instructors, like if they feel a loose brick their natural instinct is to throw change in it
2: hello listeners are you enjoying the snowmass extreme podcast would you like to hear more content just like this subscribe to the snowmass extreme podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends because it's a big-ass mountain and there are free refills for everyone Hey, old Hooks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to say about Hooks? You've met him, you know what I mean? Uh, but they haven't.
3: Oh, my God, Matt.
2: Oh, Matt Hooks. Hooksy, kids a legend. Matt Hooks
3: really made an impression here. He's such a character, and he really has creative ideas and another fun person. And uh, I haven't seen him yet this year, so, yeah. It's kind of weird that he's not around right now. Actually, I hope we'll get to see him again at some point soon.
1: I miss Hooks already.
0: Matt Hooks, I feel that when he left this year, it saddened my heart. I think he embodied everything that the snowboard team should be. He was creative. He's quirky. Snowboard's pretty good. Friendly. I mean, he'll do anything for you. And he really tried his hardest to take care of this team in any and every respect. He got us anything fun and cool that happened in this division. I feel that Matt Hooks had a part of, he got us track suits. He got us the Olympics, so many things. He created the best arc rookie party that ever happened. And that's why we can never go back to the arc. There's not enough I can say about him. He's terrible at settlers of Catan, but he keeps coming back for more, you
2: know, love him like a brother. Well, I have a tracksuit because of Matt Hooks. I've smiled many mornings because of Matt Hooks. I don't know. I think he just brought a lot of a lot of smiles to my world.
1: We were at that snowboard meeting
2: and we were looking at those pictures of him and clowning and all that. And
1: man, we need that. We need that person to elevate us, you know, and, and not take it so seriously to get us track suits or to make sure that we got a party that's you know a little bit outside the ordinary
0: matt hooks if you're listening keep coming up with crazy ideas it's the best part of you i love it everybody loves it and i can't wait for your next crazy idea and i can't wait for your next adventure
2: hooks got it because why do I, well, why i think he got it he can ride and he can teach but what made him different from the others was, yeah, he was prepared to put the time and effort in to keep us connected as a school and to create that fabric between us, even though it wasn't his job to do it. And then he went and left us.
1: That's for you, Hooksy. Oh,
0: you can't see that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what he is. He's just a great human being that's an asset to be in and a love being around the guy. I really do. Matt Hooks. I voted for Matt. (laughs) Gosh, what would you say about Matt? I've only ever seen Matt at the lineup and and doing silly things where he's such a good guy. He's like a, a naughty little brother. I hope he does well in his life.
3: Matt is this very special person in a lot of ways because he's like, he just has like all these crazy interests. And he's like so bizarre and cool and like fun and I'm just really glad that he got the award I guess his last year because he's gone off to be like an airplane pilot but I think what what he was able to do for us is like he would come up with these ideas and inspire us to action them and that's amazing I don't know where he is on the bus at home but he's thinking up of these things oh yeah and I remember he would come to line up and tell these jokes. And I'm like, where did you get that joke? He's like, I wrote it. It's mine. And I'm like, you need to move to LA and become like a writer for a TV show. Because with comedy writing, you know, with comedy writing, like he might write 20 jokes and only two or three land. And like, he's got that. But besides like the joke telling, which I don't think his jokes are very funny actually, but <laughs> I, I appreciate their effort and how he inspires other people like him and toby this hill over here they walked up that hill and they put a sign in the sheet that said level ones meeting here like that was epic just all these things that he inspired us to just like really think out of the box that was just not just with snowboarding but with like how we operate really cool person that way
0: He is the court jester, master of ceremony. Like when he's at lineup, it's just hilarious. One day I'm at lineup and I just happened to look down at the bricks because when they did the first of the base village, you could pay like a thousand dollars or $5,000 and they put your name on a brick. Unspinnosed to me, he took a brick home and dremeled Pistol Pete into the brick. Dremeled it. Didn't say anything to anybody. Put it back the next morning. No one knew. And I don't, he said it was after like two weeks because it's right where we are too. And I looked down, and I was like, Pistol, God, like hooks you. <laughs> like I was just like, I knew he did it. He just did stuff like that. And it's people appreciate his antics that light up because it's always a fun day when he's around doing something half stupid and uh, totally funny.
2: He is a firestorm of ideas. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a, a whirlwind of just the goofiest, zaniest ideas that you could ever put forth. Now that is too much out in the out in the wild but if you can if you can grab if you can harness him if you can point him in the right direction you know what i mean you can get him pointed in the right direction and and then if you can filter you know out of 10 ideas that he has you chop it down to one you're like okay wait a minute stop out of those 10 ideas there's one good one there let's stop on that one so if you can get him to do that he's an absolute mastermind you know what i mean he's a genius (laughs) but if you can't get him to do that then you're just like you know Please, Hooks, no more. No, dude, I don't want to. (laughs) No, I don't want to go streaking through the locker room.
0: How would you describe Snowmass to someone you've never met? but you want them to know how much the people and the place mean to you.
1: It's like a uh, a weird family, kind of like your extended family. Like some of those people you're really close with and they're all kind of weird and you kind of all get along and you can just spend, you know, six months out of the year never talking to any of them. But then like you meet up for Christmas and you all get along. I feel that's kind of like what it is. Yeah, you kind of every year you kind of show up and it feels like nothing changed and you know, you got your kind of your best friends. You do have your best friends and and everybody you work with is is like your friend and everybody's there for each other. It's it's really bizarre in that sense as far as the work environment cuz everybody is just kind of awesome.
0: One last question. We just went through a whole bunch of East Smith award winners and I wonder if you see a thread between all those people.
1: I think it has a lot to do with passion, right? And I've realized that in life in general, and just like different friendships I've had with other people, you don't meet a lot of people that actually have passion about something. And you don't meet a lot of people that will commit to that. And I think that's one of the things at snowboard school, especially for the East Smith Award, right? It doesn't even have to be passionate about snowboarding or, or teaching. But every single one of those people have that drive, that passion for, you know, being there, being with their friends, teaching. It could be anything, right? And I feel that's really what sets those people apart and really kind of flavors the, the award. It kind of makes a difference. I think that's, I think that's what I see, you know, also we're all incredibly good looking.
0: What does the East Smith Award mean to you?
1: Having known the other instructors, you know, Byford, you, you know, everybody else, you always hear stories about him and he just seemed like this larger than life guy, he just seemed like he was kind of the embodiment of what a snowboarder should be like the soul of a snowboarder and you look at him and and then you realize you know what he's done and then they have that award and and when you get that it actually kind of kind of hits it's it's hard to kind of describe it but it means a lot to be able to say you have you know some kind of connection to this person that's changed and done so much and you just sort of feel A little of that scrapes off into you. You're kind of humbled by it. So when I got it, I didn't know I was gonna get it, but my mindset has always been try to, you know, make the make the place I work at as good as I can because I'm gonna be spending so much time there and try to make it as enjoyable for, you know, my friends, which is the people I work with, because you know, you want them to have a good time when they're working or just have a good connection and and kind of build that unity. When you look at E, that's kind of what, you know, I was shaping that after because he was able to do that just by being around. Matt Hooks, you
0: shaped the Snowmass snowboard team by just being around, and we hope you return to us soon. And let's be honest, the team is less ridiculously good looking without you. If you like this show, please share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music is by Lonnie Betts and the Squeaky Sneaker Band. Until next time, stay healthy and be excellent to each other.
2: But he's a great, he's a, he's a great, he's a great dude, and I think, man, I, I hate that we lost him. He's still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't lose him. No, nah, right? he's not dead. Okay. Even though, even though one time when he got hurt, remember when he broke his collarbone? Yes. I packed up his belongings. I put his, <laughs> I put his stuff in a zipper in a zipper bag, and it said, uh "What is per, uh, personal effects?" <laughs> and I, <laughs> that hooks his last friend. And we took a picture and sent it to his mom. It really scared him. She thought he was dead. Oh no. I know. You did? Uh, Yeah, he got really mad at us, but. It was
1: funny. (laughs) (laughs) Just because of like the pure chaos, that thing stayed up there for two weeks and we didn't take it down and we have no idea who took it down. And uh, we still think it's probably just flew off one day and it's on an elk and there's some elk running around the woods for the last 10 years with this banner over its head.